Welcome to another episode of Strategy and Sourdough. This week, we have Ksenia Larina from Kiev, Ukraine. She's the content and brand owner at Lemon, a startup that I really admire. And the story of how we met is quite interesting as well. First of all, Lemon is a startup that connects software developers with startups who are looking for software developers. And I was not looking for a software developer, but a friend sent me that link. And I love the copy on the website. Even though I was not in the market for a software developer, I just went through the entire website reading the copy. And it was at a time that I was looking for help with my copywriting on my own website, Simple Matters. And I reached out to her out of the blue on LinkedIn and said, I love your copy. Can you help me figure out what I need to do? And now we started talking and she told me a little bit about the work that they have done in rebranding to Lemon. So welcome to the show, Xenia. Thanks. I'm really excited to be here and I hope I'll give some gold nuggets to anyone that needs them. Let's jump right in. So tell us a little bit about the rebranding. I think it was called Coding Ninjas before, but the startup changed to Lemon. How did that happen? Yeah, that's correct. So... um, Coding Ninja slash Lemon started in 2015 when our founder, Alex uh, Volodarsky, accidentally discovered this cute little niche. His friend from Israel, uh, where he moved at the time, um, asked him to help her find uh, some software developers to work with her web agency, developing some websites for her clients. And so Alex knew a couple of uh, good developers back from Ukraine, and he matched them together, and that was the start of Garden Ninjas. At the time, she started referring him to her friends, and so his business started to grow naturally. And at first, um, it was just him, his Gmail account, and uh, some Google spreadsheets. <laughs> that was the basis of the whole business. And he was like really focused on um, uh, growing the product, uh, coming up with the business strategy, finding the uh, right uh, partners. And the name or the branding wasn't at the table at the time. And so I think he mentioned this like to me uh, a couple of times that he just was thinking about the name but didn't uh, want to focus on that too much. And so he thought Cutting Ninjas uh, sounded cool. And it was like back in 2015 where when everyone on LinkedIn was either gurus or Jedis or marketing ninjas, you know, all that stuff. I remember that time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's summarizing. Yeah. And it was a trendy name. It was a very descriptive name. When you saw that, you kind of knew what was going on, what's the product about. But when we started growing, uh, we started fighting against ourselves because uh, that name had a few issues. The first one is that um, at the time he didn't know about the uh, company with the same name from India, Cotton Ninjas. They're making a uh, programming school and they're quite famous in their field and a lot of good developers come out of Cotton Ninjas. And when it came down to uh, the SEO and fighting for a place in Google, uh, we just had to go through extra struggle that wasn't necessary. 
we, you know, competed with them on the same keywords. And also another reason is that um, uh, Colin Ninjas and Lemon now, we only work with Ukrainian developers or like maybe some Eastern Europe developers. And um, uh, there is a little bit of bias against Indian developers when it comes to hiring offshore workforce and coding talent because people have some negative experience hiring Indian developers uh, from Fiverr or Upwork. And uh, we didn't want to be associated with those kinds of freelancers. And the thing is, there's nothing wrong with Indian developers. They're just as good. And coding doesn't depend on your nationality. But it's just the stereotype and it developed because of the poor business models that had been seen at the usual freelance platforms, which operated on a different model than we did. And also, there was out of trend. And it was like, at some point, I was looking at MailChimp's uh, writing style guide. And <laughs> the funny thing it said is that they don't use words like ninjas, gurus, jedis in their copy referring to any profession or field of work because it's not cool anymore. And I was like, oh, you know, just... It was a, a little bit cringy, and it was obvious it was time for a change. How did you go about planning and executing this rebrand? Like, did you guys sit down and say, it's time for a new brand, we'll put all our brains together and start coming up with new names? Like, how did that work? Can you walk us through a little bit about the process? We've been thinking about the rebranding for a while. But at the time, we've been putting it off because it was like back in, I think the conversation, the real conversation started in 2019. At the time, we still were struggling figuring out marketing channels and user acquisition and trying to get those things on rails. So we had pretty much, you know, higher priority stuff going on. But at some point, we realized that some of our marketing efforts weren't as effective as they would be if we had a stronger brand, a better design. And this whole thing started probably because of us trying to figure out how to get our conversion rates higher, uh, because we've been investing in a lot of content. We reached out to a, a good friend of ours. He's uh, a co-founder and CMO of uh, another Ukrainian startup called Petcube. Mm -hmm. They do these pet cameras, if you know them. And they're really cool and their marketing is on point. And uh, their strongest side is design. So we reached out to him and he took a look at our blog and website and he was the one to uh, break the bad news. <laughs> he told us it was time for a change and it was time to think about the renaming. When we spoke to him, we didn't know as much as we do now. <laughs> so our first intention was, okay, let's come up with a new name. Can be that hard, right? And uh, it was hard. <laughs> It was impossible to do. If you sit down and just start coming up with names, you won't get far. 
And the reason behind that is, um, especially with uh, high competitive industries like ours, if you get into that industry a few years later after your biggest competitors figures out their business model and uh, their product market fit, the industry is going to be very competitive. And most of the brands will have descriptive names like you know in our niche it can be anything from best talent uh, awesome developers hire offshore upwork uh, work down i don't know whatever if you look at most of those names like people go with first level associations they don't dig that deep the first thing that comes to mind they're gonna go with that naming option and be fine. It works out if you're, uh, you know, one of the first. If you're one of the first to sit down at the table and make the room for yourself, people will know you, they'll get used to you, they'll remember the brand, even if you don't have one. Because naming is not equal to branding. Those are two different things. And so we tried to come up with a name without doing the brand work. And uh, we spent about months trying to come up with some cool naming options. We made a mistake. We pulled out our entire team that consisted at the time of, I think, 14 people. And we got them into a room together and said, okay, you are the smartest people we know. You all got some cool ideas one of you must come up with a name like let's do this let's uh, order pizza let's you know throw out our ideas on the wall we got sharpies we got a whiteboard and uh, we wrote all the associations we tried all those brainstorming techniques by the end of the day we were just all exhausted and frustrated a team of 14 people just looking at that board and feeling really, really down. So, and that was probably the point when we understood that we were probably doing something wrong. (laughs) So we reached out to some branding agencies in Ukraine because our co-founders, they have a background working in advertising. So they know a lot of people, they work with some really, really good branding specialists. And so we reached out to them. Uh, They quoted us insane amounts of money. Some of the prices they named were starting at 200,000. And I think they went up to half a million. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So it was like impossible. Not the price we could ever pay. But one of the co-founders of one of the best advertising branded agencies in Ukraine, Benda Agency, they're like really good. And all of their ads and all of the brands they work with, they're very distinctive. So Yaroslav told us he has this online digital school where you can buy some of his courses. And he recommended three lectures on how to work on creative and strong brands and so went through those lectures and it was like the cost was around i think 40 dollars for three lectures and they covered everything we needed to do (laughs) 
<laughs> to come up with a brand. So uh, the bargain was insane. <laughs> and we re repeated all of the uh, things he talked about, like step by step. And most of the stuff, it was just coming up with a strong personas uh, for the brand, the target audience, the ideal customers. And, you know, a lot of this was just basic groundwork, like objections to buy, the reasons people purchase uh, your product or service, what's bothering them. But uh, he promoted going like really, really in depth talking about those people as if they were real, as if you knew them, as if they were your best friend or the person you work with or your distant relative who you still know too well. So we made those profiles. And by the end of that work session that lasted about two months and gathered all of the co-founders, the CEO, uh, the COO, our chief operational officer, and CTO and me, we sat together in a room for two months, figuring out the ideal customer, what's he's dreaming about, where would he spend like a million dollars if it just fell from the sky on him, what car would he buy, what car does he drive now, you know, the books he reads, the podcasts he listens to everything. We came up with uh, a name for his dog, his backstory. We then wrote a whole article about his becoming a startup founder. We, you know, thought of his backstory, where he's coming from, where he lived, who were his parents, how they treated him, what's driving him, everything like that. And by the end of that work session, we knew exactly what our brand was, how we're going to talk to him, and what is he going to love. And we did the same thing for our brand persona, what he was about, and who he was, and how he spoke, and what jokes he made, and where he met our ideal customer persona, and what was their relationship and, you know, everything. And by the end of that session, it was obvious what was the brand. We still didn't know how to go about the naming, but our idea was to repeat the same sessions we did before and maybe come up with that name now knowing more than we knew. And the final thing was that we, for some reason, we started coming up with names that sounded a lot like coding ninjas. So for some reason, we uh, chose to, uh, we thought that our name should consist of some strange combination of an adjective and a noun. So we uh, wrote down all of the descriptive adjectives like glass, rubber, cold, hot, things like that. And then we wrote like a big ass list of nouns and uh, they are, were like very simple things like maybe animal names and stuff like that. And then our CTO wrote a code that uh, randomized those things and we were coming up with names like rubber glass, hot tigers and stuff like that. I and like hot tigers. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, and some of them sounded really cool, but something was off. We realized that we uh, pretty much just, uh, you know, change the words in the cutting edges. <laughs> we have to get a little bit more simple. And uh, one of the options we liked the most uh, when we did that exercise was, for some reason, I don't know why, but we really liked the naming Space Lemon. And uh, it was like one of the names on the shortlist. And then when we realized that we want something simple and like slick, we thought, okay, well, how about Lemon, <laughs> just Lemon? And that's how we came up with the name. And it turned out that the lemon domain name was uh, available and it sounded really cool. And uh, it wasn't the intention of the first place to choose the domain, but actually fell into the brand platform because uh, IO domains are things that uh, startup founders uh, often use and they uh, know that domain and they trust it and it's like in brand with startups. What we realize now is that having this simple name together with .io domain is actually awesome because when you say lemon.io or lemon.io, people know how to search for you in Google and they get right onto your website. At the same time, you have this like very simple and very beautiful name. And, you know, it's something that is very easy to remember. So you spoke a lot about going really deep into laying the foundations of the brand and, and really spending time developing these personas. And the naming kind of came from all of that. But also, in addition to this well-laid foundation and a great name and a great domain name, you also have pretty distinctive design that came out of that. Can you kind of talk a little bit about how the design came about? And did you do it yourself? Uh, did you use freelancers? Did you use an agency for it? Really keen to uh, understand where, where that came from. Yeah. So once we were done with all that groundwork, um, we came back to Andrew from PetCube, whom we turned to at first, and said, okay, <laughs> we're done here. Now you have to help us with the design. And uh, the thing about Petcube is that they got so effective with their startup work that they started like disposing of their bench that consisted of uh, designers who worked for them uh, through the agency work. So when they didn't have, as I understand, as when they didn't have enough work for their in-house designers, they started picking up some projects for from their fellow startups and helping them out to elevate their designs. And it was like a an awesome coincidence because by the time we were done with the branding, they were just starting to grow the agency. And so we got on board with them and started working. And the fact that we had such a thorough branding platform, I even um, picked up sketching and made a like little pocketbook that described our brand story. And uh, it was like all very simplistic and cute. And we had those uh, brand stories. We wrote articles about both customer persona and brand persona. 
we gave them all the materials we worked uh, with, and they worked for around a week on the concept and presented the design that was all around the idea that every startup is a cult. We knew that was it. Because, you know, at this point, it was obvious, okay, it's the all-seeing eye. We see all of the developers that are good for startups. We know where to find them. And it was just amazing. It wasn't the question. We all agreed that that was the concept we're going to move with. So, yeah. Actually, the design agency we worked with had a direct influence on the future of the brand and our tone of voice, and they brought so much on the table. It was like an instant click, and when I saw their concept and their suggestion on the fact that we have to play around this startup cult idea and it actually fell in line with our brand legends and I instantly knew what I'm gonna do with it and where I'm gonna take the brand. I already had ideas about how to go with the website copy, what's gonna be our hero copy and uh, about us page and uh, like it just all fell into place. And it was just like, it was meant to be. Amazing story. And I want to talk a little bit about the copy on the website as well. How do you approach copywriting? Do you guys start with, we need to optimize for SEO. So here are the 10 things that we are going to write about. Or does it come a lot more naturally and you don't really pay that much attention? What's that process like? That's a great question, but there is no simple answer. <laughs> We do whatever the content needs, and sometimes uh, we can allow ourselves to play around and uh, not focus on conversion copy or not focus on SEO rules uh, and stuff like that. My most favorite pages on our website is the About Us page which we had a lot of fun with. And another one is probably the page we have for developers. Because at the time I wrote that, we didn't have this need to optimize it for conversion because we had more than enough developers and they were coming in like crazy. We had more supply than we had the demand. And so I just knew that I have the freedom to have fun with it. And uh, for the main page, we knew that it was the most important conversion tool we had. So we decided to hire the best copywriters we knew. And so we went to the copy hackers agency worked with them. So the homepage was written by the conversion copywriters and they did an amazing job. I think I have a really, really long road to go to catch up with the stuff they do. But then again, I'm not a conversion copywriter. And, uh, you know, that's okay. If you're not a conversion copywriter, you don't have to be 
But yeah, that was a great investment. And having the strong brand platform helped us work with them too. Because they knew what we were about. They knew where to research for customer voice. They knew who our audience was. And I think it was probably quite easy for them to grasp the concept. And they did really well, I think. And our conversion rates show that. I think, like, I don't know if you can tell that our main page was written by a different person that wrote all the other pages on the website. But I think that the difference isn't obvious and that you can't pretty much tell that if you don't know that. Um, I wouldn't be able to tell that. Yeah, so (laughs) I think that's quite consistent to me. That's great to hear. And I think that that's pretty much a good sign that you can hire agencies and they will do a great job. And yet again, if you know what you're doing, they will know too. Very good. Um, I have one final question, actually, which is kind of the hopefully a million dollar question. Going through this sort of rebranding, what was the actual impact of the rebranding? I mean, it's the same service, essentially, right? You didn't change your service or your, or your actual commercial concept at all, right? Well, not exactly. At the point uh, when we worked on our brand, we decided that we, with Cotton Ninjas, we had more transactional clients. So those were the clients that came to us once or twice had like a $500 task and, you know, just then left and came back in a few months if they needed some more work done. With Lemon, we focused on more long-term projects. And we focused on working with startups who needed offshore developers and additions to their team. So most of the tasks uh, and projects we get now from the clients, they're either part-time projects that last at least a month or two, and uh, a vast majority of full-time projects that last four to six months. So the concept shift a little bit, but we won't be able to do that shift without the branding work and all these strategic sessions that went into branding. Well, it's kind of hard to say for sure about the uh, how much impact brand had because we had this dump in sales and projects when the pandemic started and we had to come back from that hit because we did the rebrand and we launched the website in March. And everything closed down in in March. We lost some of our clients. We ourselves were cutting the costs and we had to say goodbye to the copywriting agency because we didn't have enough money to feel safe paying all of those contractors we had, even though they were amazing. The only agency we didn't stop working with was actually the design agency. So those were the costs we knew we couldn't cut. And those were the people we couldn't lose um, because our most important asset, the brand, was relying on them and we still work with them. But after we launched the brand, we did the product hand launch that brought in uh, a few new clients. And that was a good start for us to, you know, it was a foot in the door 
to reach to all those startup communities. We then found the guys from the My First Million startup. They also do the hustle newsletter and they also have the Facebook groups with like really, really active communities. So after we did all that and we launched a brand and we then launched a few like micro products for marketers and startuppers on Product Hunt, one of them was a list of design websites, a directory you can use for SEO purposes, submitting your websites. That like mini product really worked well for us. We got some free SEO and was really easy. And then we launched that uh, landing page and product hunt and got some additional exposure and some brand awareness as well. The things started like getting much, much easier for us. I know it's not something you can like really measure in real data, but it was just the sensation. It was like with Cutting Ninjas, it felt like we were always rolling this big stone uphill. And with Lemon, it started feeling like we're going downhill and it's going to get easier for us, but like in a good way downhill. That's a very good metaphor. Yeah. So, and uh, then when we looked at the numbers in the end of the year, we actually like in the middle of the year, in the summer, without that, we are going to have not the best year ever, but it actually turned out not to be true. We grew, I think, 40% from last year in revenue and the traffic we got this year with Lemon was like just in this year was 60% more traffic and uh, website visitors than we had with Cotton Ninjas in six years before. So yeah, that's about the brand equity. So we plan to show even better numbers this year. We made, last year we made $2.7 million and uh, this year we strive to make, uh, to hit the mark of 10 million. I actually saw that tweet uh, from Alexander on Twitter and I asked him how much they are planning to invest in brand building in 2021. He said they don't have a specific budget, but you won't hold back because brand played a significant role in growth in 2020. So that was interesting for me to hear. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, we are very happy not to be shy about uh, everything that goes into brand. And brand is actually one of the things we focus on right now. Another thing is that since we're a marketplace we always have this like issue of balancing the supply and demand and all of these years before lemon and probably some part of last year we have been struggling more with the demand with customer acquisition and we actually did a pretty good job because now we have another problem and we have to pay attention more to the supply part of uh, the marketplace. So we are actively hiring developers in Ukraine. We are investing more into our brand and content and paid ads as well on the Ukrainian market. And yeah, 
So hopefully that will allow us to close more deals and pick up bigger and more interesting projects. Amazing. Lots of really, really good insights in here. So I will try and summarize what we've been talking about. Right. So like many startups, you actually uh, didn't start your company by focusing on naming and branding too much, but went with a name that was trendy and descriptive, right? And then later on, as the startup started growing, you realized that that name didn't have that much brand equity and the company naming was too similar to other businesses. So things like SEO, keyword implications, marketing issues uh, typically started happening to you because of that. And a part of the inspiration came when you looked at your name and looked at MailChimp's copy guidelines and really inspired that sort of uh, brand change from there. And fundamentally realized your marketing efforts were just not as successful as they could have been with a better designed, better developed brand and better naming. And when we look at some of the learnings from this branding process, uh, first of all, naming is really hard. Um, Naming is even more hard if you do it in isolation from branding. So actually starting with developing your brand, developing your brand platform is really the foundation of coming up with a name that is good and strong and makes sense. So starting with the brand strategy was really critical. The other sort of learning was that the immediate sort of naming associations could work if you're first in the market. But if there are other companies in the market, you have to come up with a brand that's different and strong and and not necessarily the immediate associations to the services that your company would provide. Also, the other learning from your perspective was that you started off the search with branding agencies and they just simply ended up being too expensive. And actually going through this sort of process of online learning and the step-by-step learning on what brand building does and how the process goes was really successful. And what I took away from this is that the persona development process and going really, really deep in the persona development was actually critical in finding your brand, finding the brand platform and finding your brand voice and really laid the foundation for a brand strategy. And arguably, if we think about spending two months for a rebranding strategy project for a startup, sounds like a really long process, which we we can certainly appreciate going that deep into the process. So that's really impressive. And coming up with the name off the back of that, that process became a lot easier. And then sort of picking a, a known and trusted domain name that coincided with your brand and your company naming was, was really key for you. When you had a, your brand platform developed, you actually went with um, another startup that had an in-house design capability that started designing for you and that having a really developed persona Having a really developed brand platform made it really easy for them to pick up and make a huge impact on the brand design and the tone of voice. Also, have fun with copy. Make sure it fits your brand platform. And in your case, the actual copy itself drove the best conversion and you hired copyhackers.com to write that conversion copy and it's had a big impact on your business. And then we often, Honor and I, speak about what the impact of brand is. And while it's really difficult sometimes to attribute the brand change itself to commercial results, I think in your case, there's some really big proof points here. Because first of all, the rebranding allowed you to change the direction of the business model a little bit. And you wouldn't have been able to switch to better paying, more loyal customers necessarily without the brand work. And also helped you launch some new products to drive growth. And the numbers are really, really impressive. So 40% revenue growth year over year despite COVID and actually despite launching the brand in March, which is exactly when COVID started really spreading around the world. And your traffic was up 60% with the new brand in six months compared to the previous six years combined, just showing that the brand equity has a huge impact on the inbound interest of your business. And really the brand work set up the business for exponential growth this year. 
Is there anything that I missed out? Anything that you'd like to add uh, to the learnings for other startup founders? I'm so amazed. I'm actually speechless. That summer was just amazing and perfect. And I hope I sometime, you know, at some point of my life, I reach the level of organizational thinking catches up to yours. My backup <laughs> career, if my uh, primary career fails, is a podcast summarizer. So that's that's what I've been kind of planning, I guess. <laughs> Senya, what's the best way for our listeners to follow the lemon story or get in touch with you? I think the best way is to follow Alex's uh, newsletter. You can either go to his personal blog, it's volodaric.com, or just uh, you know go to lemon.io and subscribe to his newsletter or you can follow either of us on linkedin perfect we'll put the links in the episode notes thank you so much for making time for us and um have a great week yeah thank you very much thank you this was very insightful to me as well and thank you for being with me and helping me to get through my first hour podcast it was a pleasure um thank you so much thank you for listening to strategy and sourdough please drop us an email at hello at strategy and with any questions suggestions or feedback on this episode 